Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver, and we're here to bring you more knowledge, more light, and more love. Well, I have an incredible guest this week, Hale Dwoskin, the author of The Sedona Method, the teacher of The Sedona Method, and so many other things, is here with us today. I'm very excited. We're going to talk to him. But first, I need you to do something for me. Follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow us there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you go to get your podcasts, click that button that connects us. So when someone like Hale comes on, you know about it instantly. You get that notification to your device, to your phone. And if you're in the future, your neural link, I don't know, but wherever you're going to get that notification, you get it and you know. And most importantly, of course, tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts that would be interested in these topics. You know them, you know their frequency, you know my frequency, match our frequencies for me. Do that for me. Bring them here, midnightonearth.com. Okay. So we're just about to talk to Hale Dwoskin, but I have to read his bio. So here we go. Hale Dwoskin has dedicated more than four decades to teaching and sharing the Sedona method, which helps people alleviate their suffering, actualize their goals, and discover the truth of who they are. Hale is the author of the New York Times bestseller, The Sedona Method, and the co-author of Happiness is Free and It's Easier Than You Think with Lester Levinson. He is one of the featured teachers in the book and movie phenomenon, The Secret, as well as a featured teacher in Rhonda Byrne's latest book, The Greatest Secret. He is also featured in the movie Letting Go, Hale is the director of training, lead teacher, and spokesperson of Sedona Training Associates, an organization created to promote the emotional releasing techniques inspired by his friend, mentor, and original teacher, Lester Levinson. He is also a founding member of the Transformational Leadership Council, and he's here with us today. Hello, Hale. <laughs> that's a mouthful <laughs> you know it's your life and there's probably a lot more there probably could be a longer bio i'm sure but thank you so much for being here oh it's my pleasure thanks for having me so for all of these years for four decades now more than four decades you've been teaching people the sedona method so Let's enlighten people that have never heard about this before. They have no idea what the Sedona method is. They know about Sedona, Arizona. They know it's a high frequency place where a lot of strange things happen. But what is the Sedona method? Well, the Sedona method is just a, a very powerful and simple set of tools that help you tap your natural ability to let go 
of anything that's holding you back, limiting thoughts, limiting feelings, limiting beliefs, limiting uh, experience, and, and also any unwanted emotion that's weighing on your energy. And once you learn how to tap this natural ability, it becomes just a natural part of life. You, you tend to start dealing with emotions differently instead of suppressing them or expressing them in ways that you later regret, you learn you can just let them go. That you're not your emotions, there are emotions, but they don't, they, they aren't who you are. And it's not always how we feel. I think that a lot of people take on that as their identity. They have these emotions, they have these traumas, these experiences, and they let them weigh them down. Now, some of these experiences may have happened years or decades prior, but the energy, the lingering energy is still there and it's holding them back. Why do we do this as humans? Well, we do this because we think that we need to hold on to this in order to define or who we are. We think it's a definition and not recognize it's a confinement. And we're afraid that without this emotional baggage, we won't exist. We, we actually do identify with it. And it couldn't be further from the truth. That which you are and I am and all is, is boundless. It's limitless. It has, uh, it has no limits except the ones that, that we, we appear to hold on to. And so we think it's going to keep us safe to hold on to this suffering, not realizing it neither keeps us safe, nor does it help us in any way. It just makes us feel heavy and sad or angry or fearful or depressed. And none of that needs to be held on to. It's just energy that comes and goes. As long as we keep, we allow ourselves to get out of the way. So we identify with these feelings as a safety mechanism. Yes, is yes, it, we think it keeps them safe, absolutely. Is this bound in lower brain function? Is this something about our reptilian brain, that aspect of ourselves, the ritual-based aspect of our thinking that keeps that energy alive, that somehow it, it, it defines us so we need it, even though it's not serving us? Yes, yeah, so, well, you could say it's, uh, I've heard it described that way as a reptilian brain function, but it's simpler than that. As long as we believe we're a separate individual, that there, there is a me here and everything else is over there, that's a very insubstantial position to try to maintain. So it, and it disappears all the time. When you're watching a good movie, it disappears. When you're making love, it disappears. When you're just really engaged in an activity, it disappears because it's so insubstantial. And so we try to give this insubstantial sense of separation weight by holding on to a heavy, meaningful, ponderous story about what was and what might be. And it's not necessary. It's definitely not, but 
it seems, and I've heard this from scientists actually, that there is a biochemical reaction. Like you have these feelings. Sometimes people hold on to these negative things to harvest the dopamine or whatever uh, situations yeah, well, happen. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, actually a misconception. Oh, really? Let's clear that up. Okay. So the, our limiting emotions actually prevent the, the production of the, the positive neurotransmitters. They create more things like cortisol. It, it, they, they help create things like cortisol. What happens is the, the body-mind uh, contracts and reacts to these emotions as though they're actually happening now, even if they're based on something that is many decades old. And the body goes into flight or fight or just shuts down to the degree of the intensity of the emotion. And it also prevents us from thinking clearly when we're, when we're really lost in a story about our own suffering from the past or our own failures from the past or what everyone else has done to us in the past. <laughs> we, we're not really, you don't have full processing cap uh, available to us to deal with what actually is happening. What actually is happening is not our concept about what's actually happening. It's not our beliefs about it. It's not our memories about what happened or our anticipation about what might happen. It's what is actually happening. And the, as you let go of your identification with and your attachment to these emotions, they simply dissipate. They still come and go uh, uh, as, as they do, but without leaving a trail of destruction. <laughs> you know, if someone says something that you don't like, there may be a momentary anger, but then it's expressed or it's not, and then it's gone. But for most of us, we're still angry at people who did things to, that we th did things days, weeks, months, years, decades ago, or something happened from a long time ago that didn't go the way we wanted and we're still carrying the fear that oh my god i hope that doesn't happen again and it doesn't and we think that fear is somehow preventing us from having that same type of neg negative experience but the problem with fear is it's based on expectation when we're afraid of something we're expecting it to happen again we're, we're expecting it to have consequences. And that expectation becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because it's, in, it's wired into our energetic system and we start expecting bad things to happen. And all of that can simply drop away. And then there is just this, that which is already just happening naturally. And, and there is a natural responding to that. That's beyond just a knee jerk response based on what was or what might be. Yes. It seems like it would then turn off kind of the lower brain function, the fear, the fight or flight, and really allow you to access perceptions of those situations with a higher thought, with just higher brain function, your true self. But talking about what you just said, it seems like it's, there's two things there. There's, some sort of survival 
mechanism, right? Like people go through these experiences. They don't want to go through them again. So they've programmed themselves that to be aware of these things. And if anything even remotely similar comes into their life, they have some sort of strategy to deal with it because it hurt them so much. Exactly. They think that's, we think that's how it's, that it's somehow serving a useful function. But it isn't. Absolutely not. And then at the same time, you're then putting yourself in that frequency, the frequency of what you don't want. And of course, we know the law of attraction. Obviously, the secret, Rhonda Byrne, she put that out there in a big way. You attract more of that into your life. So by not letting it go, you're actually bringing more of it into your life in different forms. Well, it's 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 rather than it really necessarily bringing things in, it acts as a filter. You filter out the goodness that's or that's already right now, right here in what is already happening. And you amplify the, the, the discord within your own body, mind and in your own experience. So it, you don't really see what's here. There is always opportunities. There is always uh, this natural uh, one energy that all is that is taking care of everything. And, but we, we are so lost in our stories and our beliefs and our ideas about the past that we don't recognize it. We only recognize what we expect. And we live in a world of expectation ignoring what actually is it's unfortunate it's part of the human experience it seems like we're bound to always kind of store these things perhaps there's some animal nature involved in it but it does seem like most of us those have that haven't been trained in things like the sedona method or similar techniques Mm -hmm. do not have a natural way to release these things. There's no one teaching these things in schools across America. There's no one helping people understand their emotional self. Yeah. And that's too bad. I mean, there's so much we teach in schools that, that these days we don't really use. Absolutely. Uh, uh, But they're the simple things like emotional intelligence and emotional literacy and learning how to deal with the emotions that are always coming up isn't taught. But the good news is that once you learn it uh, as an adult, uh, you don't can't lose it again. Children come in knowing how to do this. They, if you've ever been around young children, you'll see they can get really upset. And then the next moment, it's gone. <laughs> In fact, if you've been around young children, you'll see that sometimes they'll fall down. And then before they actually start to cry, they'll look around. If no one's there to to give them some attention for the the fall, they just get up and go about their day. (laughs) But if they catch someone's eye, (laughs) (laughs) and then as soon as they get the attention, they drop it. Well, that that's how we are as adults too until we recognize that we can let go of anything and that we're not our emotions that we're not these reactions they're just what's apparently happening yes and 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 since it is a natural ability to let go everyone 
does it even as adults, even if they don't know this. For instance, the, the last time you had a really good belly laugh that we almost couldn't stop laughing, uh, that is a release. It's, it, it's, it, in that instance, it comes from laughing. But laughing is just an external manifestation of a deep letting go inside. Uh, good comics reflect back to us our own limitations in a way we can face them or, or acknowledge them uh, in a very safe way, and they tend to just dissolve. It, 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 they reflect back to us our humanness, and in that we find it really funny because there's a release happening. Right. And, and the... Um, and also, we let go when we have no other choice. If our back is really against the wall, and there's no other way to respond than by letting go, then we let go. N not consciously, necessarily, but it just happens. Well, when you learn the Sedona method, you can consciously choose to let go whenever anything appears to be holding you back in any way. And the results are immediate, yet at the same time, the benefits are long-lasting. And they build on themselves. Well, let's back you up a little bit. When did you first come into contact with Lester Levinson? How did that all begin? Tell me about that part of your life. And then when did you dedicate your life to the Sedona Method? How did this happen? Oh, sure, sure. So I uh, met Lester at a seminar that I organized for a man named Leonard Orr, who did something called the One Year Seminar. It met once a month for a year. And Lester just came as a gift, uh, as a, not as a gift, but actually it was a gift for me, <laughs> <laughs> as a guest <laughs> to one of these seminars. And he's very unassuming. So I didn't even notice him in the seminar, but fortunately I went out to lunch with him, uh, with Leonard, Lester and the other organizer, and just sitting there, it wasn't what he said so much because he didn't really say much, but I felt this deep sense of love and peace and um, like being home. And all we said about the Sedona method is you sit around the table and release, and I had no idea what he was talking about. I really didn't. But I figured if it could give me just a little piece of what he was a living embodiment of, I wanted more. So I, I went to the course the following weekend, and it went, at the time it was taught over two weekends. And by the time that even before the course was over, the, the, the profound shifts that were happening in me had me realize that this is really powerful. And then at the same time, uh, I had this just deep intuitive knowing that this is what I came here to do. This is what I was going to dedicate my life to. This was 1976. Oh. I was 22 years old. Wow. <laughs> That's huge. <laughs> and I, I've been engaged in this in various forms now since then. And uh, it's really continued to grow and expand and and help people all over the planet. And so you became very good friends with Lester, I imagine. Yes, yes. Uh, Lester and I knew each other for the last 18 years of his life. I actually felt so 
positively about what he was doing, I moved from New York City to Phoenix, Arizona to help him as a full-time volunteer because I had been, I was successful and I didn't need to keep earning a living at that point. And then before he died, he's recognized something in me, I, something I didn't even recognize because I fought him on this, but he gave me all his copyrights. And he said, I want you to continue getting the method out to the world. And under your, uh, as you do it, you'll see that it will continue to both expand getting out to people, but also the, the, the nature of the tools will get more and more profound. And that's apparently what's happened. Well, I would say that we're in the future now and we have all of these new technologies to help heal each other. These Zoom meetings like we're having right now, I mean, there's Zoom classrooms all over the world where people are gaining really good growth. They're, they're understanding yes. things, they're getting good knowledge. It's, it's really amazing. What do you think Lester would think about 2023 with the technology and everything now. He I, I think he'd find it fascinating. Uh, he was, uh, we actually should do an, a, a sidebar in a minute um, uh, uh, to s talk a little bit about his life. But the, uh, he, before he got his understanding, he was a physicist and an engineer. And so he would have, I think he would have find this very fascinating. But anyway, so let me say just a little, since we haven't yet, say a little bit about Wester. Wester, um, as I said, it was a physicist, engineer, and an entrepreneur who was very successful. Yet he was a physical and emotional basket case. And after his second coronary, he was sent home to die, basically. And he was living in, on Central Park South in Manhattan in a penthouse apartment overlooking Central Park which in those days was a feat. That was a lot of money. Now it's probably, well, obviously now it's much more. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but even back then, uh, it, was a, it, was a, uh, it was an indicator of success. And he had all the, all the external things that life had to offer, yet he was miserable. And so at, when he was sent home, he decided to go back to the lab within himself. And he went back to all he had studied before. He'd, he'd studied psychology, psychiatry, physics, engineering. He studied everything except spirituality and metaphysics. In fact, he used to believe that if you can't prove it, you can't touch it and can't prove it in a laboratory, it's not real. And and then he went back to the web within himself after a few days because he realized that all this knowledge wasn't serving him. Here he was waiting to die and miserable. And yet he still, he said, oh, you're still breathing. Maybe there's something you can do about it. And, <laughs> and he said to himself, Lester, for a smart man, you are stupid, stupid, stupid. <laughs> Although towards the, afterwards, he would say to us, keep it simple, sweetheart. No, don't keep it simple, stu <laughs> <Right>. stupid. <laughs> the kiss method. But at yes. any rate, uh, uh, and he, because of the intensity of his desire to find a way out, he cut through his conscious mind to where all answers come from. And he was able to discover this tool in its infancy, in its, its raw um, form. 
and he he was because he was a type a type of guy he just really did it with himself for months on end just over a three-month period he went from a physical and emotional basket case and being miserable to living another 42 years in, uh. Uh, after the doctors gave him just weeks to live so do you, do you feel like then it's it's not to interrupt you here, but do you feel like it, it was channeled? I mean, he went into that place. He cut no, out the, I, the no, conscious I don't mind. Really think it, I, I really don't think it was channeled because uh, honestly, channeling can get you into trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know. You never know what you're going to attract. Exactly. You know, but you, but it's, it's like, would you leave your car running on the street and let anyone drive it? No. Well, when someone channels, they're giving their body over to another energy that they have no control over. And uh, so it's it can have all sorts of unintended, unintended uh, consequences. So anyway, Lester was very down on, on channeling. No, I understand. But, I mean, I've heard channelers even today say, don't channel right now because there's so much going on that you don't even want to attract what what's happening. But yes, I mean, it is a very dangerous situation. So then it was his higher self. He got his conscious well, mind out I, of the I way. I think, I think it was not really even higher self. It was just that there's this, there is this one energy that all is, that is the source of everything, including uh, apparent knowledge and he was able to to access that source that is in each and every one of us and is beyond us and so in tapping into the source all this information came through that helped him undo his sense of limitation aha so let's call it a download how about that he downloaded it from source <laughs> Okay, I, I don't really know. <laughs> you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> but that's amazing, though. So he just, he brought it in from that eternal well of knowledge. He brought in this method. Why Sedona, though? Did it happen there? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a funny story. Uh, it, it used to be called mind freedom. Okay. Because it frees, it frees the mind. But... It, that can be misconstrued. People can confuse it with brainwashing. It's actually the opposite of brainwashing. Brainwashing, you're getting more and more programmed to the point where someone else can manipulate or control you. Whereas the, as you let go, the ability for someone to manipulate you disappears. But at any rate, uh, back in... I think it was the late 70s, there was something called the Jonestown Massacre, where yes. all these people drank the Kool-Aid. They drank the Kool-Aid! Oh and so at that point, we, we decided to change the name from uh, Mind Freedom to the Sedona Method because the first courses were held in Sedona, Arizona in 1974. Okay. And it's a beautiful place. It's a very peaceful place. And people feel good usually just being there. So 
we thought it would, and it was not, it hadn't been discovered in the 70s. It wasn't that popular. There weren't that many people going there. So wow. it was more of a neutral term, but it, 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 because the course was first taught there and because it shows you how to feel as good as you would on vacation and if a beautiful place like that, you figured we use the Sedona method. And so uh, that's where the name came from. It, it's not woo-woo. The way it's taught is, is very down to earth, very direct. And it's, it's something that uh, anyone can do. Uh, and, and you don't have to come to Sedona to do it. You can do it anywhere on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a simple process. It is very, very easy. simple and direct, yes. And... It frees you. Like you said, when you release these things, you use these techniques, you release these feelings, you become your true self because these feelings, these limitations, all this baggage that we're holding on to, it's just that. It's baggage that doesn't serve us. And when we release that, we become our true selves. Well, actually, it, it's I would say it slightly differently. Okay. That, that we don't, we, we, this that is, is already wholeness, is already beingness or boundlessness. And as that, that sense of being a separate individual with all its problems dissolves, that is, that is revealed. You don't become that. Everything already is ah, that. I see. I see. You just, you are that. You awaken that. Well, you, you, it might at first feel like you are awakening to that, and then that can fall away too, and there's just that. There's just that. Wow. <laughs> but what about situations that are deeply ingrained, like hardcore trauma, PTSD? Those things create some kind of deep psychological response. There's a feedback loop, of yeah. course, within the body-mind, but the 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 releasing process the letting go process the sedona method interrupts the loop and and it sh it shortcuts it and the the it's like a we all of us live in these loops of beliefs and ideas and experiences and of loops of what we think we know we think we know we had this terrible experience when we were young and then we spend our entire life trying not to recreate it which often causes us to apparently recreate it over and over again. <laughs> and, and the Sedona method is like taking uh, uh, scissors and just cutting the loop and then it just runs out. Uh, and, and so these loops, no matter how apparently ingrained they appear to be, as it is recognized that you're not that, and you're, you're not even that, that, person that you believe yourself to be there is just this one energy that all is then all the loops start to dissolve and life uh gets a lot easier and a lot more fun yes because there is so much energy trapped in that you can even feel physically tired, mentally drained. There's so many symptoms that go along with holding on to these emotions and these experiences. Oh yes, there, there definitely is. We're, we're paying a price every day in our health and our well-being, and in our ability to be successful and creative and happy. And as you let go, the, 
all possibilities open up. And you, more importantly, there's this sense of well-being and happiness and at-homeness that becomes more and more profound over time until it's no, no longer sought. It's just what, what life is. Right. There's that higher frequency nature and it's just there because you're resonating with that instead of resonating with all of that junk, I guess. Um, (laughs) But what about how other people think of us? We have this attachment as humans to put so much energy into what other people think about us and then also our own self-judgment. Our own definitions of what we did right or wrong and how we could have done it better and all of those things that we just judge, those are also things that we need to let go because it's not like emotional or trauma. This is coming from other people and and other things. (laughs) Absolutely. We, We believe that we need to get love and approval from outside of ourselves. And we, and we spend our lives looking for something that already is love is the basic nature of life itself. And as that's, as you let go of this sense of limitation, that can be recognized. And as it is, the desire to get love from everybody else disappears. And what's left is just love itself. And then you can, then that is brought to relationships that's brought to to whatever the, the, the person is apparently doing. And instead of you always looking for it, you're, you, you stop being a, uh, a seeker of love and there is just love. And I bet it helps you stop judging others because once you oh, yes. heal yourself in that way, you release those things, then you can look at another person, another beautiful human that's having these situations and you, you don't judge them for it. You know what they're going through in a way. A- absolutely. And, and the same thing is true for that, that persona that you identify with the judgments of the, the person that, that you think you are also disappear. Interesting. Interesting. So you just are that love at that point. Well, uh, there is love. The, the, it's, there's, the less there's a sense of a you, the more there is a sense of love. And life without the sense of a personal center is boundlessness. Ah. It's ease. It is unconditional love. This, the, the sense of the personal center obscures that. And so the Sedona method helps us not only let go of our, our excess baggage, it helps us see through this illusion of being a separate individual in a hostile world uh, with other individuals who are competing with us for love and freedom and, and resources there's then just a feeling that it's all just one energy. And there's also this natural harmony that can be recognized in that. Wow. And that, and that sounds so liberating, right? Like what you're talking, it just, (laughs) you're there, you're there. You are the oneness at that point. 
Well, there is one this. There, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm no, a no, Western guy. I, again, I, I'm not trying to correct your language. <laughs> no, no, it's fine, but it's right. You're right. It's the Western perspective. We tend to separate and... It just is. You are the is. The, the is is yes, the is. The, it is. It, and, it is. And it's not just in the West. The, in <laughs> it's, it's human beings, as long as they believe they are separate and they live this separate experience, they experience life as from a sense of need, a sense of want, a sense of seeking, and a sense of incompletion. Yet life itself is already completion. It is wholeness. Yes, it's absolutely and, perfect in every way. Yes, yes, yes. But what about these suppressed emotions from a multidimensional standpoint? Now, we know that they affect us as our being, as we're conscious in the third dimension, but that suppressed emotion creates an energy field. It's very obvious there's some sort of retained energy. So based on that, what kind of entities, multidimensional entities, do you think feed on the energy of this suppressed emotion? Well, uh, again, in, in my direct experience, uh, or the since I've been doing this for over the past 44, 45 years, the, it's not important to, to focus on entities. Entities are just energy, just like this, these bodies, and that's the computer screen, and the microphone and the headset is just energy. It's, or another way of saying that, it's beingness, uh, headphoning, or bodying, or seeing, or feeling. And so the fact that some energy seems to be uh, localized elsewhere is not really as meaningful and, and as significant as we think it is. And there, this one energy that all is has no limitations. So it doesn't matter about entities or anything like that. They're, they're they don't really they're part of they're part of the appearance but they but they don't have to have any effect on that body mind at all do we invite them in by acknowledging them yes on some level uh we invite in the negative energy these this negative energy by um conversing with it and and it's again if that happens that happens it, i it's not bad i'm not saying you shouldn't do it <laughs> <laughs> because uh, people th then try to not do it and you know try not to think of a pink elephant and see how far you get <laughs> <laughs> i'm already thinking about a pink elephant uh, right exactly <laughs> so it's uh the, the in the movie the secret there's a whole segment about be for what you want as opposed to against what you don't and what that came from is rhonda and i spent uh, these most of the movie the secret was recorded at at the transformational leadership council an organization that i helped found and uh, rhonda came as a guest and we had no idea what she was uh, doing but she interviewed many of us 
and the the core teachings that I share is not centered just around manifestation. It's centered around freedom. Yes, and letting go of all limitation, and that she was much more interested in that. So, and she was planning to eventually do another uh, movie on that, which she never got around to do. So we spent uh, uh, most of our interview talking about releasing and letting go, and. Uh, and then at the near the end, she said, Oh, the, but the movie I'm doing now is on the war of attraction. What can you say about that? And the only thing, the only, uh, I, the main thing I said about it is be for what you want as opposed, as opposed to against what you don't. And, uh, that became one of the sections of the movie. She then f looked for quotes from other, the other, uh, teachers in the secret, uh, to, to, to construct the movie around it. But I have a very small part in the movie, The Secret, because Rhonda and her producer director were much more interested in letting go. Rhonda was very familiar with the Sedona method. In fact, before the, the book you mentioned, Happiness is Free and It's Easier Than You Think, that I wrote with Wester Levinson, actually used to be called Keys to the Ultimate Freedom. And, and that was published um, many years before I met Rhonda and uh, bef uh, before uh, Rhonda uh, came up for the, the idea of the movie for The Secret. And it's still on her bedstand to this day. She actually has the new book now, the, the book called Happiness is Free and It's Easier Than You Think. The old one kind of wore out. <laughs> <laughs> but she still has it. Oh yeah, she's well. She still loves it. The, in the newest book, uh, uh, well, actually, she may have done more books since then. She's always churning out books. But in the book, "The Greatest Secret," Lester Levinson is the most quoted person in the movie. I mean, in the book, the 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 greatest uh, secret, the greatest secret, because uh, because it it his. Uh, what his teachings really influenced that book as well. And she really honors Lester and that whole way of seeing things. Well, I think Rhonda Byrne did some amazing work and I'm glad that you worked with her. That movie, The Secret, influenced several million people, tens of millions of people around the world. And yes. it caused them, like myself, I remember when I first watched that, to just take a deeper dive. It seemed like it was a really good introductory movie, but then it inspired you to dive into yes, some of the other was, people. It opened the, d the door for m millions of people. Yes. I mean, that was my first exposure to Bob Proctor. Bob Proctor has, I would say he's one of the key people that changed my life personally. That's great. That's great. So what about the human power of lust? Now this is a huge concept because in regards to money, you hear about that uh, Bible verse, the love of money is the root of all evil. I think that's a mistranslation. I would say the lust for money is the root of all evil. And lust is just this powerful force. It's not just sexual. It, it, it's this energy that compels humanity. Tell me about that energy. Well, uh, it, within us, we all have these emotional energetic states. Remember, there's one energy, but each emotion is has a different vibration or energetic resonance. 
at the lowest energy is apathy. Apathy is a, it's a feeling of I can't do it and I don't know if anyone else can. It's feeling depressed, heavy, dense. And then a little more energy is grief. Grief is actually up from apathy. And grief is, is, is just a feeling of loss, a feeling of hurt. And, and, and then a little higher energy than that is lust. It's still very limited because it's a feeling of I want it, but I can't have it. I want it, but I'm not sure I'll ever get it. I want it. Uh, it's a push me, pull you. It's a moving towards and a pulling back at the same time. And then a little higher. Uh, no, I left. Did I leave out fear? Yeah. Yes. Sorry. It's okay. I skipped over fear. <laughs> so before you get to lust is fear. And fear is this energy of fight or flight. It's a buzzing energy. And uh, it feels more alive and less painful than fear, uh, than grief, but it's still not very comfortable. And then lust is really the first emotion that people get confused about thinking that it's all positive it's a mixed bag because it's a wanting but i can't have it but it feels so much better than apathy grief and fear it has so much more energy that sometimes people use it as a stepping stone to to try to motivate themselves then even higher energy is anger anger is a striking out it's a I think people know what anger is, but it's, it can be very destructive, but it is more energetic than even lust. And then even higher energy is pride. And pride though, is a feeling of I did it and I'm not sure I can do it again. So I need to get everyone to notice that I did it. And you walk around <laughs> with your nose up. And then all of those emotions are, are varying degrees of I can't and varying degrees of limitation. Then as you keep letting go, and by the way, as you let go with the Sedona method, you move, you, you let go of apathy, grief, fear, lust, anger, and pride naturally, and you move to the higher energies more and more, uh, or those are more available within you. And then underneath the, these limiting emotions is courageousness, acceptance, and peace. Courageousness is a feeling of I can do it and everyone else can. Acceptance is allowing what is to be as it is. And it's also a feeling of love. And peace is a sense of calm, uh, uber acceptance, I guess. And it's, and tranquility. And it's actually the deepest emo uh, emotion that most of us don't really recognize because we spend so much time with all these other emotions. So there's a confusion though, going back to lust. The confusion is the more, the more I want it, the more likely I am to get it. But want equates to lack. Mm. The more you want something, the more you feel like you don't have it because, because that's just the way lust is constructed. It's a feeling if I want it, but I can't have it. Or I, uh, the only reason you would want something is because you felt like you didn't have it. Why else would you want it if you already had it? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and so when you let go of wanting, you feel the sense of all as well. You feel the sense of having, you feel the sense of abundance. 
So the more you let go of wanting, the more that natural sense of limitlessness and abundance reveals itself to itself. So, so with the Sedona method, we help you let go of the apathy, fear, grief, lust, anger, and pride, and any limitations you have on your courageousness, acceptance, and peace. And that really changes the way life is experienced. I imagine so, because you're yes. really getting back to the core of it. You're, you're stripping away all of these things. Yes, yes. And yet at the same time, you also discover in that process that these emotions aren't right or wrong or good or bad. They're just energy levels. And you stop reacting to them in yourself and in other people. So some, you know, if you lost someone, there's still maybe some grief, but you don't get stuck in it. Uh, if, if you're uh, angry, you can express it freely and then you drop it. You don't get stuck in it. Uh, and you're less likely to hurt someone. If, if there's some lust, uh, you, rather than just feeling like you can have it, you might actually just start to have the things that you've been lusting after instead of lusting after them. Isn't that funny <laughs> when that happens? If you let go of all that, you yes, let go yes. of the attachments, that's when those things actually show up in your life. Yes, it can appear that way. Absolutely. Wow. So tell me more then about the Sedona method. So it's about releasing. It's about healing. What else is it about? Well, it's, it's about healing and, and release, letting go of stress and tension and anxiety and all those emotions we described. But it's also about uh, uncovering and living that which is natural, like love and peace and acceptance and and it's also about that in right here right now you aren't this limited person that you think you are there is no true limitations there's just what's apparently happening and as this is uncovered it's very transformative to life and, but as this is happening, it feels less and less like your life. It feels like just life itself. And life itself is everything. I mean, everything. Yet it's not limited to anything in particular. Wow. That's really powerful because yes. it is. The, the is is, as we were saying yes. earlier. Yes. But one thing you brought up in your book, the Sedona method, which I thought was interesting, was this idea of resistance. And every time that there's an imperative, it seems to stir up resistance. I thought that oh, was a absolutely. huge point. H haven't you ever said to yourself, I'm never going to think this again, and then you just did? Yeah. <laughs> or uh, when someone tells you you should do something, even if it's something you wanted to do a moment ago, you don't want to do it anymore. Right. Or if you tell yourself... I should do something, it becomes more difficult to do. And what that is, is it stirs up the emotion or the feeling of resistance. It's pushing, it, when some, something pushes you, there's a feeling of wanting to push back. And it's, it's like trying to move ahead in your life with the brakes on. <sighs> and so as that releases, uh, there's what's uncovered is this sense of naturalness and flow and ease 
that that is what's already there. It's just without the resistance, it becomes more obvious. Yes. And it's part of our nature, I guess, as humans to kind of process things that way. And that's okay. I guess that's a big thing we should tell people is even if there is this resistance, even if you are holding on to things, there's nothing necessarily wrong with that. It's okay. Absolutely. I, I, again, the, the Sedona method is not saying you should do anything with your emotions. It's just helping you feel like you have a choice. And if you choose to feel angry or choose to feel sad, great. That's, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. But when you feel like you're feeling like you're about to explode in anger and you're afraid you'll hurt yourself or someone else, or you turn it inwards and you, you do hurt your, your physi physiology, that, that can have lasting negative consequences. Or if you lose someone and uh, there's of course a natural grieving process, but you don't get lost in it. You can move on in your life. And also we forget that when we're sad over losing someone, it's, it's, we're experiencing the sadness and it's, and it's preventing us from feeling the love. And, and as you let go of the sadness, the love just shines through more and more. And you still might miss them from time to time, but it's not all encompassing. So, and emotions are just energy and motion. They're not right or wrong or good or bad. Releasing the Sedona method just gives us options mm. as opposed to just being automatically lost in the story of woe. Wow, because people need this now, it seems more than ever, it seems like the COVID era. Now, I know that our American government, we're in America right now, our American government just released the emergency authorization, the emergency hold. They said COVID's over. And for two years, though, we've had some serious stress and, and emotional things that are happening to us collectively. How do you feel like the COVID era affected us? Well, the COVID era had, it was a mixed bag, actually. One of the things it did is, is it made it much easier for us to do things like this. Yes. Now the seminars that I do, many of them are on Zoom. So people can, don't have to travel. They can, we can do it together. And there are people from all over the world participating. So there was, and then also there was this positive thing of, of having this time to, to just for inner reflection. Now, at the same time, it was very traumatic for most people. Most of us are social animals. And if we can't be with other people, we freak out. Yes. And plus there was so much overreaction on all sides to what was going on and so much polarization that happened that it that, that there was a tremendous amount of stress and tension not just for each of us as individuals but in the whole system and it still is there uh and in fact COVID is still here too i mean there there's still it, it's just it's no longer a pandemic it's endemic it's just like the flu yeah that's now just uh, a part of our life uh, yeah exactly but Things like that that happen in the world that are traumatic are always a mixed bag. They, there's a traumatic end, but sometimes the only way 
things change is when there's a force for change. And the force for change may look like something that isn't positive. Everyone listening to this has probably had things in their lives that at the time seemed like a tremendous catastrophe. And in, in hindsight, in retrospect, they, you, you discover that that was just a stepping stone to something that was magnificent. And I'm not saying that's always the case. And some people go into, many people will experience the exact same or as similar as you can get, because each human being in each circumstances is unique, be in very similar circumstance. And some people just open from that and they live life uh, with just more ease and more certainty or more effectively. And other person, people just simply collapse in themselves and they keep reliving that trauma over and over again. And as you let go, you can, you can be more like the person who just gained the benefit and drop all the, the excess baggage attached to it. Yes. And it's positive, like you said, in that way, but it's also unfortunate that it affected so many people so deeply and, and no one's talking about how to deal with the emotional trauma of the COVID era. It was traumatic yes. for everyone, even deeply spiritual people who have incredible training. It was still traumatic because like you said, we're social animals. They put people in jail as a punishment. They get you away from other people. That's your punishment. That's how much we need social interaction. No, no, I understand that. I, I, yeah, like in jail, I, uh, solitary confinement is a punishment. Exactly. And, you know, the the people in jail aren't necessarily sweethearts. No, but it's still <laughs> it's still better than being by yourself. Because when we're by ourselves, the reason most of us feel like we need to be around people all the time is when we're around this, ourselves, the mind uh, has no distraction, and it can really freak out and cause us even more sense of trauma. And yes, I'm not denying that the traumatic nature of the, the three years of COVID, but uh, uh, you, what I'm saying is whatever's left over in, in our body minds can be released. Yes. And so the thing about releasing and the thing about the Sedona method is, is it, it doesn't deny anything about life. It embraces everything about life, but it just gives you tools that help you to let go of what appears to be holding you back or appears to be causing suffering. So then tell me, Hale, what are some tips and techniques then that help us as humans to instantly drop suffering and experience bliss? Well, I'll share one of the core basic teach. Uh, processes that make up the Sedona method. And then this isn't, this is just a very basic part of it, okay. but it's, it's a universal, something that people can universally get relatively quickly and immediately start to use with, um, Jack, Jack Canfield was a friend. I did a, um, he used to lead something called Breakthroughs to Success. It was a one-week program. And I came often as a guest. And so he had me present the Sedona Method for about three hours in a seminar. And we got about two and a half hours on it on a DVD, which we used to send out to people 
as an introduction to what it's all about. And it only, it only taught this segment that I'm about to do okay. with all of us. And we, we got testimonials. People uh, at the seminar, there was a woman uh, with um, MS who could hardly walk. And uh, after releasing, using just this one technique, she came up on the stage with me and danced with me and I could hardly keep up with her. Uh, I've had people with severe fears and phobias and PTSD and anger issues and loneliness and grief and all these deep things that just listening to that to this this process and doing it with themselves that's important you have to practice it uh have had these things totally transform and so the pro and but it is incredibly simple that's part of the reason it's as as powerful as it is the simplicity it makes it easier to duplicate okay so yeah, so let me explain what I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, then we'll do it together. I'll take us all through it experientially. I won't do it with you. I'll do it with the whole audience and then we can discuss it. Got it. So the, the, and, but before we do that, I want to make sure people are clear what I mean by letting go. So pick up a pen or a pencil or some object you'd be willing to hold in your hand. And for the sake of this analogy, this pen or this pencil or this paper clip represents our limiting thoughts, feelings, beliefs, and emotions. And our hand represents just our gut or our, our, our consciousness or awareness. Now grip it really tightly with your hand. Now, if you did this long enough, it would start to feel really uncomfortable, yet really familiar because this is what we do all the time with our emotions. So now open your hand and roll the object around your hand. That's enough gripping. Is this object attached to your hand? Obviously not. Well, the same thing is true with all our limiting beliefs and emotions. They're as attached to us as this object is attached to our hand. And, and it's even in our language. We don't usually say, I feel sad. We say, I am sad. We don't usually say, I feel angry. We say, I am angry. So even in our language, we feel like we are the emotion. So now close your hand just lightly around the object. Turn your hand upside down. And then could you just drop it? Could you just let it go? That's how easy it can be to let go of even things that have been there for as long as you can remember. And I know that's hard to accept. So don't, don't take my word for it. <laughs> just be, be open to that at least as a possibility. And so the questions we use, the first thing we do is we, we, uh, you can just focus on something you'd like to feel freer about. And so I'll, I'll ask a question for you for that. The next thing is, is if you just allow or welcome an emotion just in and of itself, that that will start to release it or dissolve it. And then what we do is we say these, we ask these three questions and you can do them up yourself too. The first question is, uh, if you're doing it with yourself is, could I let it go? But if I'll do it with you, I'll say, could you let it go? And could you just means are are you capable of it? And if you're able to drop that object or even imagine doing it a moment ago, then I know you can. The sec second question is, would you? And would you just means are you willing to? And if you're doing this on your own you, and you're struggling, you can say, would I rather 
be caught in this emotion or, or struggle in this way or suffer in this way, or would I rather be free and have my goals? Usually the answer is I'd rather be free. And, and that will help you say yes to when, uh, would you? And then the last question is when? And when is an invitation to decide to do it now? Now, as I ask these questions, you'll find that there may be some letting go on just could you let it go? Because it's really that simple. And the, then you might find there's more letting go on when, on would you? And then when, there, or the last question, when, you may save it all off for that and then just let it go then. Or you may feel like you're letting go a little all along. And in the beginning, when you first hear this, it might be subtle or it might be really obvious. Just be open to it, at least as a possibility. So let's let's do it together. Okay, here we go. And you can do this with eyes open or eyes closed. And uh, and when you're doing this on your own, experiment and see which works best for you, eyes open or eyes closed. But for now. If, it, if you find doing meditation, for instance, easier with eyes closed, this is, you, you might want to close your eyes. But if you're driving, keep your eyes open. <laughs> so allow yourself to think of something in your life that you're wanting to change or improve. It could be something with health, something with money, something with relationships, something with your well-being something with your spiritual path. It doesn't really matter what it is. And then could you welcome whatever that stirs up inside, whatever feeling that engenders? Could you just let it be here? Notice it as best you can. And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? When? Now let's run through that uh, a couple more times. <laughs> and so you may have noticed a lot from that, or it may still be subtle. Either way, it's okay. So let's just do it again. Focus on that same thing or anything else that you're wanting to change or improve in your life. And then as, as best you can, just for now, could you just notice it or welcome it or allow it? And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go? Just could you? Would you? when. So that time you may have noticed more letting go. And let's do it one more time for good measure. So again, focus on that same thing or anything else that you're wanting to change or improve in your life. And then could you welcome whatever inside of you that's holding on or saying no or, or reacting to that? or allow it, or be present with it. And then as best you can, just for now, could you let it go, just could you? Would you? 
win. Okay, good. <laughs> That's really powerful. And I will attest, I was doing that with you, listening, the listeners out there. And each time you feel that release, you feel that response that kind of like, well, why would you let this go? That energy. And then the, by the third time, you're, it's, you feel that, that calmness, that love. Yes, yes. And that's all, that calmness and love is our basic nature. So, but at any rate, so you can do this on your own. Just say, could I let it go? Would I and when? And eventually, as you practice the tools in the, in the Sedona Method tool chest, you reach a point where re releasing is natural. We're always doing something with our emotions. We're either pushing them down or pushing them away. Or, and we rarely do this, just let them go. And so we, we rarely just open and just let the energy pass through. And so the more you practice it, the easier it gets and the quicker it gets and the more natural it gets. And again, yes, this is simple. This again is just a small piece of the Sedona method, but this piece in and of itself is incredibly powerful. Well, it helps elevate us and it helps heal us. And then there is something that happens to the collective consciousness, right? Because we're all one, we're all interconnected and it, there's almost a responsibility, a duty to heal yourself because you care and you have compassion for all of, of all life of all everything on earth and everything. So there is almost a sense of duty to apply this to your life. Well, I wouldn't say there's a sense of duty. I, I think people really should do whatever they choose to do. They, they may choose, they may resonate. Uh, that's something in general, you know, there's so many tools out there right now. There's so many teachers, there's so many isms. And it can be confusing what to do, how to spend my time, where, what should I focus on? So what I recommend everyone do, do is just follow their own inner resonance. If something resonates, then pursue it. If it stops resonating, stop. And know that, that it's just an option. It's not a must or a should or a have to. And, and you'll find that if you follow your resonance it it will it won't lead you astray yes because that resonance is tapped into source and it resonates with universal truth so when these things come into your life like the sedona method and you feel that resonance it's because that truth is there uh oh I'll, I'll agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, what about this? Okay. So your book or the book, the Sedona method was written in 2003. It is yes. now 2023. So it's 20 years later in 20 years. What, what do you think has changed? Would you have changed anything in the book? Is there no, any actually, updating? Uh, the, the, well, there, it has been updated a couple of times because we added, when the book was first written, we just um, talked about the, the first two ways of letting go, uh, the, the dropping the pen one, and also welcoming where you're just allowing what is to be. Over the years, through working with people, we added, um, actually, I think diving in was in it too. 
Oh, we, so we did the first three ways of letting go. Uh, the fourth way is holistic releasing. We added that, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or more. And then more recently, we added something called the fifth way, which is a way of dissolving your sense of uh, separation. Uh, and But the book really hasn't changed that much over the years because it's based on something that by the time I wrote the book in 2003, the Sedona method had already been around for 30 years. So it already had a time to mature. Right, uh, right. And so it, it has lasting benefit. And a lot of people um, haven't, haven't necessarily come to any of our seminars or listened to any of our audio programs. Their main exposure is, is, is the book itself. And people's lives really transform just from reading and applying what's in that book. I would say so. I mean, it's very powerful. Just the exercises that we've done on this episode and the things that we've talked about are, are huge. And like I said earlier, it seems like, and maybe this is not the case, maybe it's just a temporal experience, but it seems like it's needed now more than ever. Yeah, it does seem that way. It does seem like the, the having a way of letting go is on some levels is really a basic survival skill that most of us could really use. And I, I think the Sedona method, and then of course the Sedona method isn't the only way right. that teaches letting go. But in, in my experience and based on five decades almost of, of it being around and helping people, it's, it, it's something that is much more um, direct and duplicatable and effective than anything else that I've been exposed to. And I've kept in touch with the industry for the, for since 1976, <laughs> I stay open to everything. I, I find it fascinating. And many things, when we first started talking about letting go in the early seventies, the only other community that really talked about it much was the 12 step community. Uh, and of course there's always been the expression, let go and let God. Right. Alcoholics Anonymous and things like that right. we're talking about. Yes, yes, yes. But since we started doing this, there are thousands of offshoots or things that have been inspired by it. Uh, there are many well-known other practices that are basically derivative of the Sedona method. <laughs> and uh, so, uh, so I just want you to know whatever practice you're doing to let go is great. Uh, but if you want to go to the source, <laughs> so we've been using that word, the Sedona method really is the source of a lot of other things that are out there pointing at the same thing. Right. And, and with all of the things going on in human life and our daily lives, we want to, as Lester said, keep it simple, sweetheart, right? Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I see that beautiful picture of Lester smiling behind you. I'm sorry, people listening, you don't get to see this, but it's out there. I'm sure you can find that picture. Here he is. Yeah. He's yeah. with us right now. Lester's with us right now because when you yes, graduate from this dimension, you're omnipresent. You're outside of time and space. You can be at multiple places at once, including this very podcast. Yes. <laughs> wow. Well, what a conversation we've had. It's so powerful because when you heal yourself, we, we can keep it simple, sweetheart, again. When you heal yourself, 
it reflects out. You heal the world. And I think that we all want a healed world. Wouldn't you say? I would, I would agree with you. And what I would say to kind of sum it up is that this, whatever is happening is already wholeness is already boundlessness is already freedom and thoughts and feelings and beliefs and ideas are just that they're they, they're not as meaningful and as important and, and as significant as we think they are and they aren't who we are they, they're just something that arises as part of this that is happening and so you can be free of all sense of limitation including the sense of me and the Sedona method or letting go is an aid in that. And so I encourage you to explore it, but I also encourage you to just apply what you've been listening to. Even if you never decide to check out the Sedona method, the, the, the anything that we do, just apply just what we've talked about and you'll see, start to see benefit in your life. Yes. You'll see the positive change. It's, yes. it's pretty obvious. And Really, you're just seeing the awe in everything as well, like just the yes. beauty of all creation when yes. you are able to let go. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Hale, what a conversation we've had. This is going to benefit people so much all over the world for so long. It's just going to be encoded in the ether forever. 150 <laughs> years from now, people are going to be listening to this and they're still going to be gaining because the human experience, it's an emotional experience and we're emotional beings. That's part of the reason that spiritual people, all these people that are tapped into extraterrestrial consciousness, they say that we come here as humans to experience emotion among other things. Yes. So we're emotional yes. beings. So I these tools that. that we're talking about, are here to help us and i urge you all i urge you all listening to check this out let's just tell everyone where to find you this is very easy right off the bat you must have got this domain name early on sedona.com www.sedona.com that is where you can find a lot of this information there's the free video course of the letting go method. There's other video courses related to the Sedona method on that website and the books that Hale has written with Lester in some case, happiness is free. He wrote with Lester, the Sedona method. And we do have a special tab. If you go to Sedona.com slash midnight, you'll find that it leads you to these courses that can absolutely benefit your life. It, I highly recommend you check out the book. It's a classic book at this point. It's a classic. You check out the Sedona Method, you understand this, and you apply it to your life. And if you wanna take a deeper dive, you want even more, you want actual one-on-one -on -one sessions, you can do that with the magic of Zoom and this incredible technology that we have. You can do that by going again to Sedona.com and check all of it out. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Yes. And Hale, thank you so much for being here. Is there anything you would like to leave our audience with before we go? <laughs> there is just this. And it's there is a beauty in this and a boundlessness in this. 
And that includes what you believe is you. All of this is just perfection, even when it appears to be something else. And just being open to that, at least as a possibility, helps support you in just living life to the fullest. Wow, that was absolutely beautiful. Yes, everything is perfect. The good, the bad and ugly. It may not make sense in a temporal third dimensional perspective, but that is the absolute universal truth. So thank you so much, Hale, for being here. Please hold through the outro music and everyone. My God, what an incredible episode. I was so honored to have a legend on the show and Please check out everything that he's about. Sedona.com, the books, check all of that out. And we'll see you next week. Midnight on Earth.